All right, my people, this is your man, L. Jamal, coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounds. This is a place where your Second Amendment is protected as long as you got them facts. We got a few things to discuss today, so let's get right into it with the world on the street. And uh, today, we're going to start off in France. Now, students have, uh, high school students have started to join their protest. That's been going on for about two weeks. Um, students have started blockading 100 schools, and this is right after mass rioters have been fighting the police and burning cars in buildings in the more affluent sections of Paris during Saturday night. Uh, the yellow test pro the yellow vest protests in which they are called, uh, they continued yesterday. Uh, but they were peaceful and they were on roads. There were blockades on roads and fuel depots. Uh, like I said, this is going on for about two weeks and uh, mostly because of the higher cost of living in France in general and also new fuel taxes that uh, Marcon, Emmanuel Marcon, uh, their president, has, has uh, implied on them or has uh, put on them since the climate climate change that a uh, climate change agreement that they all agreed on in Paris. So he's raising up the prices there, and um, it seems like all the prices are going up throughout the board, and it's really affecting how people are living. Uh, of course, now the high school children are protesting because of changes to the college and university system, and I'm going to take one quick guess, and I think it's because of pricing is is availability, uh, because already I'm seeing a pattern of the work is well from what I've been from what I've been reading and what I've been uh, able to understand is this is the working and lower classes of people at this moment so I'm imagining that they that these universities and these colleges are becoming unaffordable or those uh, degrees are becoming unattainable through whatever reasons uh, seven kids were eventually arrested and these uh, uh, protests took place in the cities of uh, Toulouse and also Craytel. Uh, these are both outside of the Paris area. Now, overall, 70 gas stations have already run out of gas due to, due to the blockades at the fuel depots. Uh, taxes, like I said, and high cost of living in general are, are what's driving uh, this movement. So, of course, this looks like, to me, a workers' movement, a lower class movement in order to get stabilized. I cannot, uh, I cannot, I cannot be against that. I'm sorry. Uh, this is what we're going through in California. So, uh, I stand with those guys. A hundred people, excuse me, a hundred people were injured and 412 people were arrested over the weekend. Like I said, this has been going back and forth. Uh, they've been they've been uh, protesting, like I said, for the past two weeks. Uh, they've been getting a little bit violent. Uh, some people have been injured. Like I said, there were already a violent clash between the police and the people. Uh, an 80-year-old woman was suffocated by tear gas in her own apartment during one protest. Um, they fired off a couple shots in there. She wasn't able to clear out, and uh, she was severely uh, hurt. Actually, I believe she died. Uh, protesters have also blocked shopping malls and airports. So this is what this is what you're seeing. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna hit these people with a money count. See, they went to the the gas stations. They went to the airports. They're going to the shopping malls. This is a this is a movement. I'm not mad at this. They want their equal rights i cannot i cannot fault these people uh petrol prices have fallen uh in europe uh however but uh the higher fees for diesel and fuel in general uh, including the added taxes um, that McCorn has already added makes France one of the more expensive places for that and as, as well as a higher price of living I brought that up of course and these are the issues uh, that they're facing so uh, when I say viva la France I mean I'm down for the worker I'm down for the, the working class that has to go out there and face the bullshit just like we do in this country we have to go out here and face this bullshit in this country we have to pay some of the highest 
taxes or highest prices in this country, uh, at least in California, for gas. Yet nobody seems to be. Everybody seems to be okay with it. We're we're dumbasses, and we just voted to take off the repeal the gas tax. Matter of fact, we voted to not repeal the gas tax. That's how dumb we are. Um, I'm down for the people in France. I hope they get their their shit together because um, the corporations and these weak ass beta male presidents like Marcon and like Trump don't need to be telling us what to do. And I'm sick and tired of their actions. That's just me. Uh, speaking of Trump, uh, Trump and China uh, met up at the G20 uh, summit. Of course, they had their little dinner. Dinner. Uh, we're going to wrap the war on the street up with this, though. Uh, they did to agree to not raise tariffs for 90 days. That's what Trump decided to do. Uh, this is basically a ceasefire. Uh, tariffs will still be set at 10% for the next 90 days, however. Uh, but it looks like for the time being, they have decided to not raise uh, tariffs on each other, that being the U.S. and China. China has also decided to buy more American products. Uh, over over the past few months, America has imposed two. $250 billion worth of tariffs uh, as opposed to the Chinese applying $110 billion. Uh, outside of those developments, all leaders uh, that went to the G uh, G20 decided to agree on reforming the World Trade Organization next year in Osaka, Japan. Actually, next June to be exact. Uh, and everybody except for the U.S. decided to uphold the Paris Climate Agreement. I already told y'all. Uh, we've already discussed that uh, Trump pulling him, pulling uh, the U.S. out of there about I believe it was in July of this year uh, when they met up in Paris. Uh, this is something that they, you know, obviously this administration does not care about they do not care about the environment they do not care about the uh, ramifications of human consumption of these uh, materials and the production of these materials they don't even care about your common worker in this country but you'll keep seeing that you don't believe me but that's why gm keeps firing people letting people go even though they've been trying to tell you that they're going to bring jobs back they're lying to you but that's okay you can keep falling for the trap anyways because of whatever reasons oh because they're not democrat oh because they some other some other uh, republican or conservative bullshit but you can keep you can keep following them you can keep following those guys too and you'll see where you're pretty much in the same position uh but we're gonna move on because i'm tired of talking about these these uh these ignorant fucks for now i'm gonna be going on to some college football i will be bringing up the final college football rankings of the season and we'll we, we will be previewing uh the matchups uh, at least the first four matches for the college football playoff um and uh a little bit later, we will be going over some of the other ball matchups uh, for the postseason. So uh, we, we will be right back, and we'll be discussing that. Uh, we will also be going over scores over the weekend for the NFL as well as Monday night. And we'll also be talking about some Mike McCarthy and the pack, uh, Packers. And uh, we're going to finish this all off today with um, some NBA action. I'm going to be going over the scores and also the standings there. And then, like I said, I got a review for you guys. I've gone over, finally gone over uh, Meek Mill's championship. So. So I will be talking to you guys a little bit about that as well. All right, y'all. So we're going to take a quick break, or at least I'm going to take a quick break, and I'll be right back. All right, y'all. I am back. And like I said, we're going to go over these college football playoff rankings real quick. Uh, we got number four. Uh, they just got in there over the weekend because of the loss that Georgia suffered. We got Oklahoma here, 12 in one overall in the season. Uh, they won their conference championship. Uh, they beat out Texas last week. Uh, now we're moving up to number three. We have Notre Dame. They finished the season 12 and 0. Uh, they play independently, so they don't have a conference championship, but they are undefeated. Nonetheless, at number 12, or I mean, sorry, at number two, we have Clemson. They are 13-0. They have also won their conference championship, destroying Pittsburgh last week. Uh, they are 
They are looking like one of the favorites. And then finally, we have Alabama, of course, the big dog at number one. They are 13-0. They uh, were able to get it done against uh, Georgia last week with their backup quarterback. They are also looking like a favorite. And by golly, they look like my favorite. So let's break down these matchups real quick. Uh, let's start off with the uh, two versus three matchup, uh, Clemson and Notre Dame. Uh, Clemson is coming in, will be coming into this game with a first-ranked defense, 13.7 points allowed, and they're coming in there with one of their, uh, well, with a freshman quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, he's completed 64% of his passes, uh, 2,606 yards, uh, 24 touchdowns, and four INTs. Uh, they're looking like a complete team, in my opinion. Uh, they actually have a good running back as well named Travis Etienne, who was a Heisman candidate. Uh, at least up until about the first few weeks of the season. Uh, but also, uh, I just think their coaching staff really gets it done. Brett Venables uh, is a great defensive coordinator. Like I said, they only allow 13 points a game. Uh, they get a lot of sacks. They already have an All-American candidate, actually All-American winner along that defensive line, uh, the defensive tackle to be exact. Uh, they look like they have too much going on. Uh, as far as uh, Notre Dame, they do have a great quarterback. Well, they have a decent quarterback in uh, Brooke. Uh, they, they are looking to move the ball a little bit, but again, they're a little bit different because uh, they haven't played, I don't think, as tough as a schedule as the rest of these as the rest of these guys. And a lot of their scores uh, have been a lot closer. But then I've also told you uh, that, you know, don't believe the hype so much. Uh, they are better than you think. Uh, that one against Michigan, that says something about them. I might, I, they might not be on the level of, Cle of Clemson, uh, but I think they'll be able to have a decent game against Clemson. Uh, they they do, they are able to defend very well uh, as well. They do not give up a whole lot of points or a whole lot of yardage. Uh, however, uh, my question would be, will they be able to score? And since they already have trouble scoring, uh, as is without playing a, a great act, because I don't think they played a good enough defense this year that's as good as Clemson uh with with that being said their last game they've only scored they only scored 24 points um that might not be good enough for a team that only allows 13.7 uh so with that with that being said I will have to go with Notre I'm sorry I will have to go with Clemson that game a lot of people are saying that Notre Dame does have a shot and that might be one of your more competitive games I don't see it not with the not with the defense that Clemson has so I'll have to disagree with that uh, let's move on to the primary matchup, the one versus four matchup, Bama uh, versus Oklahoma. Now, uh, just breaking down Bama real quick. It either hurts or Tua, Jalen hurts or Tua gets a start. It really doesn't matter. They both can win. We already saw that in the SEC championship game uh, throughout the entire season. Uh, Tagovailoa has been just dominating. Uh, one of the one of the second best passers in the nation, next to uh, Kyle Murray, Kyle, Kyle Murray, excuse me, who who he'll be facing potentially in the national championship game barred that he, barring that he's healthy uh but he's only finished second in terms of just you know quarterback stats uh next to him uh but when it came down to the conference championship game he wasn't on top of his game georgia was able to go up uh, by 14 points at least twice and he, and he ended up getting injured in the final quarter uh jalen hurd steps up uh completes all his passes that are th uh, that he needed to throw and he also threw a touchdown and uh they got them back in the game and they ended up winning uh so either way they can both can win we already know what jalen hurts can do uh, for an entire season, we saw him a year before. So we got he got him to the national championship. Tua won the national championship. Fast forward a year later, uh, Tua takes him throughout the entire season. Jalen Hurts gets it done in the national championship game. Do you see what I'm saying here? It doesn't matter. Um, they also have the number four defense in the nation, uh, allowing only 14.8 uh, points a game. See, really, they really match up against Clemson. I don't know. 
Uh, it's going to be an ugly game for Oklahoma. That's all I can say. <laughs> That's all I can say. But speaking of Oklahoma, they do have a Heisman candidate, and he will be going up against Tua. Um, I'm not too sure. I think the, the voting for the game will already be wrapped up by then, but uh, it will be a good chance for us to see one last time truly who is more deserving of that award and who is a better quarterback. Um, the Sooners are 96 on defense, 50, uh, sorry, 32 points a game. I think that's ugly uh alabama already scores way more than or scores more than that in uh, terms of what they can do offensively so i don't like their chances honestly uh but and they do have a quite a bit of in, quite a bit of injuries including uh cornerback justin Broyles, who's a starter and also marquise brown who gets into the rotation as well catching passes so not not a good look for them i got alabama winning big um overall and then in terms of just the the tournament itself the playoff itself i do i just got Alabama winning it again um of course they have to would have to go up against clemson that'll be their best opponent uh this whole season that'll be a good match to see but i just think that Alabama just has just a whole lot of wrinkles that I think teams aren't really ready for or don't necessarily uh, prepare for. I do not think Georgia was was uh, expecting Jalen Hurts to come into that game, and I don't think Oklahoma would be expecting it either. Uh, but uh, in terms of the uh, Clemson-Notre Dame game, just another uh, touch-up on that. I really don't see Notre Dame pulling off that upset. Uh, not enough offense for me. Uh, the defense plays solid. Uh, defense can get certain things done. But I just think uh, Clemson is a little bit more dynamic on both sides of the ball. I like their coaching staff and the way Dabo Sweeney calls his plays. It's, uh, he's, he's one of the better ones out there next to Nick Saban. All right, y'all. So we're going to move on. Let's get into this NFL action over the weekend. Uh, we got the Bears uh, beating the Giants. I'm sorry, losing the Giants. Losing to the Giants in overtime, 30-20. Uh, uh, we got the Cardinals getting it done against the Packers, 20 to 7 on the road, uh, 20 to 17. Excuse me, they needed a game-winning field goal, but or actually they needed uh, Mason Crosby to miss his game-time field goal, which happened, and they were able to get that win. Uh, we got the Broncos uh, getting a few games, a few wins in a row. They were able to take out the Bengals, 24 to 10. Remember how I said I don't believe in the Bengals? They were trash. That's why, y'all. That's why. Uh, the Chiefs got it done against the Raiders, 40-33. to Another loss for my Raiders. The Niners, they do not get it done against the Seahawks. They get a, they ass whooped, 16-43. I heard Richard Sherman was talking hella shit. This is what you get. Trash, bag, old man. Uh, we have Colts and the Jazz going off at it. Uh, going at it, uh, of course, this was an ugly game. Uh, but the Jazz were able to get it done, 6-0. to zero. Uh, The Browns, uh, they come up short again against the Texans. 13-29 uh, uh, is the score there. Uh, we have the Falcons beating, I'm sorry, the, the Ravens uh, beating the Falcons, 26-16. to 16. Uh, Let's break this one down just a little bit. And um, this was a decent game, in my opinion. Uh, just in terms of how it went down, but uh, let's see. The Ravens move on to seven and five. The Falcons move on to four and eight. Uh, but let's break down these stats. Uh, Lamar Jackson went 20, uh, 12 of twenty one, one hundred twenty five yards. Uh, he also had a rush touchdown with seventy five yards. I think he's gonna have to start being able to pass that ball a little bit more. I don't know if there's any. I don't know if it's because of the coaching staff uh, understanding that there's there's issues with his game. Uh, maybe they are trying to get him to. To pass the ball a little more, maybe he just has those hangups uh, within his game. He's still working on them, uh, but I need to see him pass a little bit more, uh, not run as much because he's just going to get injured. He's going to be like RG three. We don't need to see another RG three. Uh, also, in terms of rushing, Gus Edwards had uh, had out, helped out with another eighty two yards. Uh, in terms of receiving, tight end Mark Andrews.
Andrews caught a, I'm sorry, had 48 yards as well. Uh, and on defense, cornerback Jimmy Smith had six total tackles. Uh, as for the Falcons, uh, they were led by Mount Ryan. Of course, he went 16 to 26. He had 121 yards, so not really a good game from him either. So one thing I probably will say is both teams probably played some decent, some deeper defense, decent defense. That's what I can see here. Uh, he also threw for a touchdown, like I said. Uh, in terms of rushing, uh, Atlanta has had this problem throughout the entire year uh, with, with not being able to run the ball. They only had 34 yards total as a team. That's terrible. That's not going to get it done against anybody. doesn't matter who you're facing, a rookie quarterback or not. Uh, 34 yards is disgusting. And it should not, it should be frowned upon at any time. Um, in terms of receiving, Austin uh, Austin Hooper, excuse me, the tight end, led the way with 44 yards and a touchdown. And on defense, Deion Jones, the linebacker, had a pretty damn good game. Uh, he had 15 total tackles and he also got a sack. Uh, let's get through the rest of these scores, excuse me. Uh, we have the Jets. Uh, they lost to the, the Titans, excuse me, 22 to 26. The Chargers were able to get it done. Against the Steelers, thirty-three to thirty. Of course, there were some um, some controversial calls, but oh well. I mean, that's that's life. Uh, we got the Panthers losing to the Buccaneers, seventeen to twenty-four, and Cam Newton just can't get it done. I don't know what it is. He's not a winner. It's not a winner. Uh, Bills, uh, they come up short against the Dolphins, 17-21. to They were leading in that game up until the fourth quarter. Ryan Tannehill does his thing. Uh, I think he throws for, yeah, three touchdowns in that game. So uh, he's trying to he's trying to keep the Dolphins in the mix. We'll see how far they can go. Uh, the Rams, everybody's favorite. Mm, at this point, I would say, next to maybe the Chiefs, uh, they were able to get it done against the Lions, 30-16. to uh, The Pats, um, they get it done against the Vikings in a pretty – in a game that really wasn't a game, 24 to 10 is the score there. Adam Thielen, he has his little mental breakdown against um, Bill Belichick. But what does it all mean when you're losing like that? Nothing, nothing, nothing. And finally, uh, Monday night action, we have the Redskins coming up short against the Eagles, 13 to 28. Uh, we're going to break this one down as well. And uh, as far as the Redskins are concerned, Mark Sanchez, Mark Sanchez excuse me, uh, he got some decent playing time because Coke McCoy also went down with a fractured fibula. I think he's out for the entire season. I don't know how fibula injuries work, but it sounds uh, like it's serious. So I'm just going to just assume that he's gone for a while. Uh, but Mark Sanchez got the play. Uh, he got 13 of 21 for 100 yards in the interception. So we know he's no real help. Poor Redskins, poor Redskins. I just can't. It, it, it must be Dan Schneider. It must be y'all owner, cause y'all just y'all just been trashing the year after I was born. I think y'all won a Super Bowl '92. Y'all ain't been really raw since then. Y'all gotta be honest with yourselves. Y'all gotta be honest. Just like the Cowboys, though. Cowboys ain't been really shit either since we've been a little kid. They could they could they could sit there and brag about their little six to five, their seven to five record right now. But we all know they ain't gonna win in the first round of the playoffs, so it ain't worth talking about. Uh but anyways, rushing the ball, Adrian Peterson, he had a, a monster turn back the clock play. He had a ninety-eight, well, I wanna say that he had ninety-eight yard run uh for a touchdown. Uh, Josh Doxson, he tried to catch some passes, I believe four catches, uh, that was for 51 yards, and on defense, they got help out from Zay Brown, the linebacker, who had nine total tackles, also from the cornerback, Fabian Moreau, who also had nine total tackles. As for the Eagles, Carson Wentz, uh, he's starting to get his move back, it looks like, 27-39, 306 yards, he also threw for a couple of touchdowns, but he did throw for an interception. On the ground, they were helped out by Josh Adams, who had 85 yards, also the OG, Darren Sproles also ran 
for a touchdown as well. Now, in terms of receiving, Golden, uh, Golden Tate led the way. He had 85 yards and a touchdown. Tight end Zach Ertz also caught 80, 83 yards worth of catches. And uh, Jordan Matthews, uh, one of their backup wide receivers, caught a touchdown as well. And on defense, they were helped out by Rasul Douglas, who had five total tackles. Now, moving on, uh, of course, uh, for those of you who may not know, uh, the Packers have decided to uh, cut ties with their coach, uh, Mike McCarthy. Uh, this was Sunday after their 20-17 loss to Arizona at home. Now, mind you, Mike McCarthy uh, has held on to this job for 13 years. Uh, his record has been 125-77 with the two ties, um, one being this year. As his regular season uh, record in the playoffs, he's 10-8 and in the course he won a uh, Super Bowl XLV. I don't care for Roman numerals, so I don't even know what that means. I believe that's 45. Is that 45 against the Steelers? But he did beat the Steelers. I know that. It was like in 2010. Um, but <laughs> and he has 10 wins in his first uh, – well, he has 10 wins in eight seasons. So he was a decent coach. I mean, he was a pretty good coach. But I think the biggest thing for him was the last couple of seasons. Uh, last year, he finished 70, at 79, and the Packers um, – did not make the playoffs, and at this point this season they're looking at four and seven and uh, the one tie uh, earlier this year to the Vikings, and uh, it looks like they will not make the playoffs again this year. And uh, it's kind of unfortunate because, again, I don't think all of the answers have been fully uh, addressed. Uh, I, I do think uh, there might ha there might be some issues with the way Mike McCarthy coaches. Uh, but again, uh, you can always I mean not to say that he's completely to blame, but I do know that. Aaron Rodgers is an aloof quarterback. I do know that that defense has not been up to par at any real time since he's been there outside of the year that they won the Super Bowl. And uh, but maybe I mean it is on the head coach. I mean he probably did bring a lot of these people in, uh, these wide receiver coaches or defensive coaches, uh, for that matter, running back coaches because they never really had a running game on top of that either. Uh, so. You know, maybe it is all on him, uh, but I just think it's kind of messed up, you know, because I don't think Aaron Rodgers is doing a whole lot himself either. I'm sorry. I'm not convinced that he's really leading this team the best of, to the best of his abilities. I think he's just trying to uh, – he's just being a little malcontent, and he's just happy that Mike McCarthy got cut. And I don't think he really has no solutions either for what, what's going on with the team. And I just think that that's kind of weak. Uh, they could have waited at least to the offseason, uh, reevaluated his record, reevaluated what he could do, reevaluate the situation maybe, and see what they can work out with. But it uh, looks to me that Aaron Rodgers had probably had his say, and he wasn't interested in the man no more. And he had to, you know, cut, cut, uh, well, kick rocks, excuse me. But this is a statement that I got, a quote that I got from the owner of the, of the Packers referring to this, referring to the cut. Uh, he goes, the 2018 season has not lived up to the, the Packers, um, expectations. Oh, I'm sorry. The 2018 season has not lived up to the expectations and standards of the Green Bay Packers. As a result, I made the difficult decision to relieve Mike McCarthy of his role as head coach effective immediately so uh let's it just seems that they weren't they weren't off the par this year and uh two back-to-back -back years uh believe it or not that's you know that's that's grounds for getting cut you know that's the, you know and i don't blame the packers um for wanting to do that i just i just kind of figured that they could you know could have waited till after the season uh, at this point i don't see where 
Joe Philbin, uh, their interim coach, does anything different. And I don't see where Aaron Rodgers just finally gets, you know, got what he wanted and he's so happy now that he can just lead a team. I don't think he's all that great anymore. I, I'm honestly starting to think he himself is a little bit overrated too. Uh, but that's just me. All right, y'all. So we're going to take another quick break. And when I come back, uh, we're going to be talking some hoops action. And then um, right after that, we're going to finish everything up with some Meek Mill as well. All right, y'all. I hope y'all enjoy it. All right, y'all. So we are back, and we're going to get into some NBA action from last night. Uh, the Thunder were able to get it done against the Pistons, 110-83. to uh, The Nuggets also got it done against the Raptors, 106-103. to uh, The Warriors uh, were able to blow out a nondescript opponent that nobody cares about in the Hawks, 128-111. to The Cavs finally got their third win of the season, I believe, against the Nets. The final score there is 99-97. to uh, The Wizards were able to get the win against the Knicks, 110 to 107. Let's break this one down. Uh, we got Bradley Bill uh, leading all scores for the Wizards and Knicks uh, with 27 points, 7 assists. He also got 8 rebounds. Small forward Kelly Oubre Jr. also had 21 points and 5 rebounds. And John Wall, he had a good double-double game, getting 18 points and 15 assists. The Wizards move on to 10 and 14. The Knicks now stand at 8 and 17. Uh, going on uh, with the rest of these scores, we have the Rock it's going down to the T-Wolves, 91-103. to We also got the Clippers getting it done in a high-scoring affair against the Pelicans, 129-126. Uh, uh, Let's talk about the scores, here, the, the, the stats here. Uh, Tobias Harris led the way uh, for the Clippers with 27 points and 6 rebounds. Danilo Gallinari also had 24 points and 4 assists, also 5 rebounds. Lou, uh, Lou Williams also got 20 points and 6 assists as well. As for the Pelicans, Julius Randle, the power forward, led the way with 37 points, 8 uh, rebounds, and 4 assists. Drew Holiday also had 32 points and 14 assists. And Anthony Davis, of course, he always does his thing. 23 points, 13 rebounds. He also had 5 assists. Uh, let's get into these standings real quick. Uh, starting off in the Eastern Conference, the Raptors are, of course, still on top with a 20-5 record. Next up is the Bucks at number 2. They are 15-7. Now we have the Sixers at 3. Uh, they are currently 17-8. and eight. Uh, Having a pretty good winning streak, if I'm not uh, mistaken. Uh, we have the Pistons at, uh, at number four. Uh, I've never seen them this high in the rankings, uh, but it is it is pretty early in the season. They're looking like they want to make a playoff push, though. They are looking like they well at the moment. Excuse me. They are 13 and eight. At five, we have the Pacers, who are also at 13 and eight. At six, here come the Celtics at 13 and 10. They're finally looking like they're starting to get things right, but they're a little bit still iffy for me too. At seven, we have the Hornets at 11 and 12, and uh, bringing up the bottom, we have the Magic at 11 and 12 as well. Off to the Western Conference, uh, the Nuggets are on top, uh, 16 and 7 overall. At number two, we have the Clippers, who are 16 and 10, uh, 7 overall as well. And number three, we have the Thunder, who are 15 and 7. Next up is the Warriors, who are at 16 and 9. At five, we have the Lakers, who are 14 and 9, trying to get their stuff together. I like that record for them right now. At number six, we have the Grizzlies at 13 and 9. At number seven, we have the Blazers at 13 and 10. And uh, rounding up the top eight for the Western Conference, we have the Mavericks, who are at 11 and 10. All right, y'all. So here comes the review time. And uh, just recently, I've come across uh, Meek Mill's new album, Championships. Um, and it's a uh, and one thing I'm going to say about it, I'm just going to say it right away. It's a really good rap album. Really good rap album. Uh, do I think he um, he definitely um, 
I don't think he broke the mold. Uh, I think we, I definitely think he changed up his style uh, for him personally. And uh, there is a there is a fact. That, I mean, for a fact of the matter is uh, he did address uh, certain issues within our justice system. I did see that uh, he was cognizant of the fact that you know he did some jail time it probably wasn't the best uh situation for me uh there is some issues here uh within this justice system and i think i got that for the most part from the album uh but again it's it's see it's mixed in with the same message of yeah yeah jail is bad yeah jail is racist but i'll still put money on your head and i have niggas in the hood shoot you uh, you know, it's still, yeah, you know, we need to treat each other better. Yeah, as black men, we got to step up, but I'll still fuck all these black women just because, and I'll mistreat them. And I'll, I'll like I said, you know, the very next song was Rick Ross talking about how he wanted to shoot somebody. So, I mean, it's still flossing, it's still flashing on Negroes. Uh, it's still the same environment. It's still the same mindset that led, that leads to, uh, the same results in my opinion. So I get, I, I think the difference in this album, uh, between this and the, this album and, and the last two albums or last few albums by me is I get that there's a focus and that's what everybody's focused on. They want to, you know, they want to challenge, uh, this, this prison reform and they really want to get behind prison reform. But I think the problem with it is see y'all want to, y'all want to talk about prison reform, but y'all don't want to commit. Y'all don't want to stop committing crimes. Y'all don't want to stop glorifying committing crimes, especially against each other. That's all I heard uh, after the first couple of songs. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's songs where he's talking about, uh, yes, the system is wrong. Yes, we know the system is wrong. We've known this. Uh, but again, there's no solutions in the album. Uh, again, uh, he's 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 right back to the old mindset, I believe. You can say what you want. And yes, you can give your little money away. But if that's all you're doing and provide no solutions, because throughout the album, I really heard no solutions to anything. I just heard complaints, complaint, complaint, and uh, this is what I do. I'm still hustling. I'm still doing my thing. I'm still in the same mindset that would lead me to get put in prison. So, um, but don't get me wrong. I, I, I like a couple of the tracks. Uh, I do definitely like uh, Respect the Game. I do also like Cold Heart. And again, it's Meek. I mean, I, I, I think that uh, he's a good rapper. I don't think the album sucks. I just think it's not this great prison reform tool that we're thinking that it is. And we need to stop highlighting these rappers like they are some type of heroes for that. Uh, currently, we have a politician named Kamala Harris who's representing us trying to overturn the bail system. That, more, that to me, is more important than a rap album in which a guy says in one song, yes, I went to jail, and yes, I was over something stupid, but I will put money on another black man's head in another song. Sorry, can't do it, can't buy it, um, don't get me wrong, the beats were sick, the beats were tight, um, that intro, that sample, that Phil Collins song, I definitely like the beat, I definitely like how it built up, I don't necessarily like his transition in terms of how he, he flowed on it, uh, but I definitely get the idea, uh, I guess, I, I mean, from the, from the get-go, you get what the song, what the album is gonna be about, and I think, you know, he's, you know, and I think because he's not, you know, somebody who, I mean, I get it. You know, he's from the block. He's from this, that, and that. So you're not going to get that perspective of, uh, of real, I don't know. I mean, I, again, I just have a, I just have a problem where we're talking about, yeah, the system needs to be changed. Yeah, the system is wrong. The system is flagged. But then in the same breath, you'll say, yeah, but I'll still put money on another person's head. And I have him excommunicated or have him de uh, dealt with in a hood way. So it's like, again, are you really are you really turning your back on that type of stuff? Are you really maturing or are you just saying that because you just didn't like jail? Nobody likes jail.
But again, I didn't hear any solutions in that album either to help really help the community outside of, yeah, I gave a few couple hundred dollars to people to go to college. Okay, but are you turning the hood around by not being part of the problem? Are you not sending bodies? Are you not still talking about how you're going to send bodies? That's what God, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. See, all that talk about, well, I could, I could, I could put money on your head. I could do this. I could do that. That's what God, take Takashi's in jail or in the situation that he's in. I don't get it. I don't get it. We talk about how the system's rigged, but we have no problem with saying on record, oh, we'll have somebody roll up to your house and shoot you. Come on, blood. I can make that call. You just said it. He just said it on the album. And he's going to tell you in two seconds later, well, prison was bad. Prison needs to be reformed and all this. Ah, it's half. It's half. It's a little half-assed for me. He, it's a decent rap album, but it's not the prison reform shit that people are looking for. It's nothing that breaks the mode. I'm sorry. I'm not going to give it that. Uh, if I were to give it a grade right now, I'll give it a 7 out of 10. It's a good album. It slaps. That Drake song, that, that going bad song with Drake, trash. Never again will I listen to it. I do not. It's trash. I don't care about what. See, and I'm sorry. I'm not. Maybe it's because of this new rap. Thing. I'm not buying a lot of these new rappers. I know Meek Mill's been around for a while, but I'm not buying this new style of rap. This half woke, half we still in the game type thing. You can't have it both ways. Either you woke and you walked away from all that and you're trying to be a part of solutions. Which I never heard. I never heard a song talking about solutions. This is what I plan to do. This is what I want to do to change this. I never heard that throughout the entire album. What I did hear is I still got money. I'm still flexing on niggas. I still can do this to you if I really wanted to. What did you really learn? That's what I'm. That's what I'm asking. That's all I'm asking. What did he really learn? He's still. He's still talking about. He's still talking his shit. And I'm just, I'm, I'm, I get it. he's from the hood, he's from, but eventually you're just going to have to evolve. And I don't think this music has evolved, in my opinion. This is still 1990s. This is, this is basically 1997, this is 1995, 1990 gangster rap. I mean, um, sure, it's up, it's upgraded because of the cars and the terminology somewhat. And, uh, but, the, but the message is still the same. The message is still the same, and I don't really feel like I don't really feel like it's a strong anti-prison message. I still think it's yeah, this is the prison is fu- it's a prison is fucked up message. But we should does it convince me to to stay away? Does it convince me to to really rise up and do something for the community? Not necessarily, but it's something that you could play in a trunk, which I guess is all that matters in these days, right? That's just me. Like I said, I'll give it a 7 out of 10. Uh, the beats were there. A lot of songs. Uh, Cold Hearted was a good one. Like I said, Respect the Game. Um, uh, pretty much, I mean, I think about every song was decent except for uh, that 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 going bad song with Drake. I did not like the chorus. I did not like Drake's performance on that. Uh, Jay-Z had us again. I mean, and everybody's talking about this, 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 this new renaissance from Jay-Z. Like, he's somehow more woke than everybody else. Please, he's a corporate tool. Just like the rest of these guys, like I mean, I'm, like you, you talk about prison reform, but you go behind the main, the main. Uh, we follow behind the main, the major label rappers, the mainstream rappers. I mean, come on, we're not even following behind the people that are actually doing things against the prison system, like Kamala Harris. Again, another example of that. She's fighting the bond system. That deserves more press to me. That deserves more, more of a listen to me. Uh, then another rap album in one that that's in one sense saying yes prison is wrong yes prison is bad yes prison is racist which is all true uh but we but at the same time saying this is what we do to get involved and I'm I'm okay with the I'm okay with the mindset that got me here though the mindset that I used to get me into prison should not change that's what I hear from that album sorry I don't think we've graduated fully yet with an album like that I think it sounds good and I think it's good lip service but um it's just promotion. 
more promotion. So with that being said, y'all, y'all can take it how you feel. I'm moving on for today. My next episode, I will be coming back. Uh, we will be having a um, top seven power rankings for the NFL. Also, three takeaways uh, from week 13. Also, three questions for week 14. Uh, we will be breaking down some college hoops as well. And of course, uh, we any any uh, uh, any you know news stories breaking news stories of course i got you all right y'all we're gonna take a we're gonna take a break to, for today uh but if anybody hasn't told you yet i love you and uh y'all treat each other well and uh peace out and one love <laughs>